Welcome to the Skyline SIB podcast. We're so grateful that you're taking time to tune in from your busy schedule. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you wherever you are listening from. Now, here is an inspiring message by Pastor Joshua Xiao. Welcome everybody to our service online today. Now, whether you are here in KK or outside of KK, uh, other places in Malaysia, or even outside of Malaysia, watching this from your living room or bedroom or a cafe or at the beach, you know, we want to welcome you to the family of Skyline. Here in Malaysia, at least, we are in the midst of our second round of Movement Control Order, MCO. And so I, I hope and pray that you guys are, are safe and well together with your family at this time. You know, today as we start, I want to just start with a little bit of interaction and ask you this simple question, a brain teaser, if you will, something we used to do in school. And the question goes like this, if you were stranded on a deserted island and could only pick one thing to have with you, aside from food and water, what would that one thing be? I'll give you a few seconds to think about it and, and uh, just, just share that with the person next to you or, or share that with us in the chat. I'd be curious to see uh, what your answer would be. Some people may think, uh, a knife would be very handy to have, you know, on a deserted island or, or perhaps a fishing net so you can catch your own food. If you're a scout, maybe you might say that you would like to have a great uh, giant box of matches. Perhaps if you've got friends who are a bit of a smart aleck like, like I do, you know, they might say that, um, uh, you know, I would like to have an inflatable raft with rows so I can get off the island myself or even a, a satellite phone. You see, it's a question of priorities, isn't it? Like it or not, this pandemic has, has given us, you know, a shift in, in priorities in some ways. I mean, how many of you, when MCO 2.0 was, was announced, you know, you, you immediately made an appointment or, or went straight away to the barber to get your, your hair cut? Yeah, I, I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand and that hand too. Uh, you know, my hand is raised. We're talking about priorities, right? I know most of you are not like me. You know, you had more important things to do, you know, grocery, uh, uh, shopping or last minute work before the offices shut down. But, you know, about priorities, we are starting this new series called One Thing. You see, the Bible talks about several one things that are truly, truly crucial for us. And there is no better time than this pandemic that we need to come back and center on these one things more than ever. Our passage today is taken from Psalms 27 verses 4. If you've got your Bibles, you can open it and follow along with me or, you know, you know uh, read it from your phones. If not, it's on the screen right now, even as I read it to you. It says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. 
You know, this psalm was attributed to David or, or King David. You know, many of us are, are familiar with him, the shepherd boy anointed by God and went on to be, uh, you know, the greatest earthly king that, that Israel had ever had. But what, what is it that, that is in this psalm that gives us a picture of, of his state, of, of what it was like when he penned this psalm down? You know, it talks about being pursued by enemies. He talks about being abandoned by family. You know, um, it, it talks about being accused by false witnesses, being away from the house of the Lord. Scholars say that there are two points in David's life that are, are possibly fit this picture. And both are when David was on the run. Firstly, from King Saul, who wanted to kill him and secure his throne. Secondly, in betrayal by his own son, Absalom. The big takeaway is this. That this psalm was not written by a happy man, you know, celebrating the successes of life or his status or even significance. This was written by a godly man in pain. Struggling with feelings of anguish and, and, and fear, anxiety and despair in mortal danger, possibly fearful for his life. But in the midst of all these trials, you see, the, 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 the amazing thing is this, David does not ask God for a solution. He says, one thing have I asked of the Lord, this do I seek? He doesn't ask for a solution, but he asks for a return to the source. I, I think this is a, a profoundly significant thing for us to observe because we too are so often um, solution-oriented, so much so that we, we, we might even tend to rate God on, on a scale of effectiveness or usefulness to us based on, on how He comes through for us in our trials. You know, if God does not do this for us in this particular way, in this time frame, you know, maybe it's time for us to look at other options, a second opinion, if you will. Oftentimes in hardships, we, we may wander away from the source thinking that in other places there's fresher, lasting, life-giving water. It's very much like if you were in the deserts of Egypt, it's very hard to imagine that the river Nile actually has one of its greatest sources in the Lake Victoria. I mean, the river Nile is massive. It's the longest river in the region. Civilization of Egypt was built around the river Nile. But if you actually follow the Nile River upstream, far upstream, 7,000 kilometers upstream, south, deep into East Africa, there you will find a huge body of water, the Lake Victoria. So big, it is the size of Scotland. It is the greatest tropical lake in the world in terms of size. Huge. You see, David wasn't interested in, in, in focusing on the problems and the trials and the challenges that he had downstream. He looked and focused upstream to his source, God himself. Church, God is our true source of which 
all things flow. Our life, our abundance, our strength, our supply, our healing, our joy, our peace. He is our ever-present help in times of need. God is the one thing that we all need. I was looking at these statistics um, uh, on, online and, and this, it shows, you know, some of the activities that have gone up as everybody was, is stuck at home. And you, you can have a look at these activities, but I was just looking at this list and wondering to myself, you know, where would God be in all these items? I, I'm not trying to be super spiritual here, but I mean, I, I wonder, would, would, would prayer be on the rise? Would, would seeking God or devotion or reading the Bible be on the rise as well as, as, as we're stuck at home? You see, my point is this. All these activities are, are well and good. I mean, I do many of them. But they're temporary solutions that will not fill an eternal longing that is within our hearts. None of these items here and these activities can actually tell us why we are here, purpose. It cannot tell us and help us to understand what we are meant to do, our calling. And when we are cut off from the source, eventually our motivation dies. Our passion begins to fade and our strength begins to shrivel. That is why David says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. That is intention. That is a singular purpose in David's life, and that is the pursuit of God's presence. And in this pursuit, David gives us two keys on how to find God in tough times. And the first is this. It is to abide. It is to dwell in God's presence. This is what David says. He says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. What did the house of the Lord represent? It wasn't just a physical structure that David was talking about. He was talking about a symbolic reference to the, the presence of God. See, he wanted to dwell. He, he wanted to stay and linger in God's presence to abide. More than that, he says that this was his preoccupation, his life's preoccupation all the days of my life. It wasn't just one day, one instance or two that he wanted to be in God's presence. It was all the days of his life. This was a man who knew intimacy with God. That's why God called David a man after his own heart. From his youth, he had experienced God's power and protection. You see, when, when King Saul doubted David in his request to face Goliath, you know what David's response was? He said, God saved me, delivered me from the bear and from the lion, and therefore he will deliver me from this Philistine. You all know how that story ended. He slew Goliath and went on from there to lead Israel to victory after victory against all their enemies. And yet, this great king 
considered meeting with God greater than all these victories and accomplishments and accolades and possessions and all the things that he had. In Psalm 16 verses 2, he says, You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. That is an amazing statement. Apart from you, I have no good thing. And now as we come to Psalms 27, we see that he's beset with fear. In the first three verses alone, it mentions fear three times. And yet the first verse proclaims that God is my light. He is my salvation. And he is my defense. What an awesome proclamation. Do you know what Stephen Covey, the author of uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, said this. He said, whatever is at the center of our life will be the source of our security, guidance, wisdom, and power. See, David centered his life around the presence of God. And because of that, in his time of fear and anxiety and danger, he found in God revelation. He's my light. He found in God redemption, my salvation. And he found in God his refuge. He is my defense. You see, that is what it means to, be on a, uh, to, to abide in him. It is a journey of both intimacy and surrender. See, I believe that, that when David penned these words, he both saw a, a future hope where he could be with God, you know, all the days of his life and beyond. But I also believe that he grasped, you know, a truth about the heart of God that, that no other person in his generation ever caught. And that is this, that God delights in intimacy with us. And he invites us to commune with him. So this has been God's desire for us from the start. And even though the fall of man you know, broke that relationship, but God has never stopped reaching out to us. The purpose, the whole purpose of our salvation in Jesus Christ is intimacy with God. And through the power of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, today, you and I, we have even greater access to the heart of God through the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about that for a moment. It is greater than David ever had. What a privilege. What a blessing. The only question for us today is, how will we respond to God's invitation to abide to dwell in His presence. 2020 um, uh, was, was a year of, of many questions for me. You know, I had uncertainty, I had doubt, I, I, I struggled with, with meaning and, and purpose and, and passions. There were days when I would just think, you know, I, I just can't do this anymore. Have you had days like that? I mean, I, I had more than a few of those, uh, uh, you know, last year. And uh, wh whether it was my work or my ministry or even hobbies, you know, sometimes I found that my joy was just, was just sapped. 
And, and, and one day I was just reading this article uh, that, that, that talked about how leaders should, should begin to trust God more than their gifts. And in that moment, as, as I read that, I just felt God prompted my heart and asked me, do you trust me more than your gifts? Now, I, I wish I could tell you that immediately I, I said aloud, yes to God, you know, I trust you with my every fiber of my being. But the truth is I actually struggled with the answer for quite, quite some time. And in fact, the best I could come up with was, was, was I would like to. I would like to. And over time, I just felt God speak to me this, that, Josh, you are, you have the ability, you have the capacity, but do you have the availability? Because I am available for you. I, I, I heard that and I, I was truly gutted, as the saying goes. I, I was cut to the core and immediately then and there, I, I just had to repent before the Lord because God never left. He was always there, but I had allowed my heart to become so crowded that, that I could not receive from the source. And it was only when I began to surrender that I could receive the, the encouragement, the peace, the healing, the joy, the inspiration, all of these things that I needed from God Himself. You see, friends, this is, this is what I learned, that, that intimacy takes both trust and time. And so I want to encourage you today, learn to abide in God. Learn to wait upon the Lord this year because He invites us to abide in Him. And if you want a good place to start, well, just, just, just put on some worship music, you know, open the Bible, ask God to speak to you, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And, and this, is, this is the thing, if nothing happens, remember it takes both trust and time. Don't lose heart. Learn to celebrate consistency and walk this journey of intimacy with God and abide with Him. The first key to finding God in tough times is to abide, to dwell in God's presence. And the second is to adore, to behold God's beauty. I mean, all of us um, are, are, are drawn to beauty. You know, psychology today, they did this study and they found that actually all of us, we, we make astounding assumptions about the people that we find attractive. Um, we, we, we tend to think that these uh, attractive people have, have better jobs, have, uh, you know, are better parents, are more successful in life. Why is it that we tend to, to believe that? It's because that, that somewhere in us, we, we seem to think that beauty is associated with, with good. But God's beauty far surpasses any physical beauty that we can encounter in this world. Because God, you know, everything that we find desirable, that we find beautiful, that we find good, is infinitely more in God. 
He is the ultimate standard of beauty and goodness. In Zechariah, it, it, it says this, it's, it declares this, how great is His goodness and how great is His beauty. You know what? In desiring to behold God's beauty, David wasn't satisfied with just a cursory glance or a surface level appreciation or lip service towards God. He wanted to be captivated by the very essence of who God was, His nature, all that He was, His greatness and His glory. That is what it means to behold God's beauty. It is to see God in all His goodness, to be awestruck by His majesty, and to be baffled by the wisdom of His deeds. Do you know that, that science actually proves this? The, 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 the researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, found that awe, get this, or leads people to share, cooperate, and sacrifice for others. Is, isn't that, that incredible? You see, when we behold, when we behold God's beauty, it transforms us. It, it changes us to be more like Him. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we are transformed to be more and more like Him. We go from glory to glory. In the same way, you see, when, 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 we, when we come before God and we behold His beauty, we draw closer to God's heart. We, we, we come before Him and, and His love fills us and it begins to compel us to love others. And so how do we behold God's beauty? The two things in beholding God's beauty. First of all, we behold God's beauty in creation, in God's handiwork, the things that, that are all around us. I, I love this story about a grandfather who took his grandson fishing. And there they were, uh, you know, sitting by the pier with their fishing rods out, uh, just, just dangling there as they chatted about various things uh, of life. When suddenly the grandson asked the grandpa, you know, have you ever seen God? Have you ever seen God? And, and the grandfather, for a moment, he was just silent as he looked at the beautiful autumn landscape, the wonderful weather, the sun just sim shimmering on the lake, and this beautiful boy looking innocently up at him. And he says, son, I have come to the point where I see God in everything, in everything. Behold God's beauty in His creation. Learn to appreciate and marvel at His handiwork. As we do that, we are transformed. Secondly, we behold God's beauty in Christ. The world we live in right now is suffering from a virus that is greater than all the viruses, you know, in history combined. And I'm not talking about the coronavirus. I'm not talking about COVID-19 and, and other mutations that, 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 that may spring forth or, or any of that. I'm talking about the virus called 
sin. And then from this virus, there is no, there is no cure, there is no immunity, there is no hope, there is no survival. It is a virus that invades the hearts of men, an incurable disease that can only be cured by a savior. See, that's why we all need Jesus Christ, who came over 2,000 years ago to our earth to die on the cross for us. It was a death that was ugly, gruesome, excruciatingly painful. It was brutal. You know, in those times when, 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 when the Roman Empire was, was, was in existence, crucifixion, dying on the cross, was something that, that was reserved for the worst of the worst. Roman citizens, no matter how guilty they were, no matter what crimes they were, were exempt from crucifixion on the cross. And yet, our Savior Jesus Christ, He hung on a cross to die for us. And in doing so, He took this object of horror and death and turned it into beauty and life. Today, today, the cross is a universal decoration. It is, it is a design for jewelry. You can go and buy a, a cross, you know, made with, with, with expensive metals and outfitted with precious stones. See, this is the beautiful exchange that Jesus did through his death and resurrection. With one fell swoop, he crushed the power of sin and death in our lives. He turned curses into blessing. He turned death into life. He turned mourning into dancing. He turned beauty into ashes. He turned shame into glory. When we look at Christ, there is beauty. When we behold the cross, there is beauty. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. You know, there was a little girl who was teased repeatedly by her friends about, about her mother who was covered with, with, with you know, hideous, terrible scars uh, on her body and especially on her face. And so she couldn't stand it. And, and, and one day, she, she, she just asked her, her, her mother, Mother, why is it that... that you, are, you have such ugly scars. And so the mother told her the story of how when this little girl was a baby, um, there was a fire in their house. The mother was next door at the neighbor's house. And, 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 and when, she, when she saw the fire, without thinking about anything, she plunged straight into the fire to save her baby girl. But she did that at great cost to her own body. The scars that she bore on her hands, on her feet, on her face was the result of that single act of sacrifice and love. When that little girl heard this story of what the mother did, she was overwhelmed with love. And with tears in her eyes, she said, Mommy, you are the most beautiful person in the world. 
when we look at the sacrifice of the cross and what Jesus did for us while we were sinners, we see the beauty of the cross. And when we behold the beauty of the Lord, when we behold the work of Christ on the cross, our only response is to adore Him. Is to adore Him. Right now in this moment as we close, would you just join me in this simple act of thanksgiving to the Lord? Just bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you are right now. Because I believe right now, His presence is, is in every room, in every location, wherever you are. I want us to take this moment right now to adore Him. If you're alone and you're able, just begin to lift your hands to Him and begin to thank Jesus. Thank Him for the cross. Thank Him for His sacrifice. Thank Him for the freedom that we have. Thank Him for His nail-pierced hands, for the stripes that He bore, for His love, His mercy and grace poured out for us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bring us back to that one thing. Draw us close to you, our true source. Teach us, O Lord, to abide and adore. Today we say that you are our heart's desire. Amen. Right now, I, I just want to make a, a very special call in this sacred moment. To anyone right now, you're watching this, you want to receive Jesus into your heart, into your life as your Lord and Savior. He's the true source of living water from which all things flow. Purpose, meaning, power, passion, love, peace, joy. Today, if you want to give your heart and your life to Jesus, then I want to lead you in a, in a very simple prayer. The words are going to be up on screen so you can follow along with me, but I want you to pray this prayer. If you can out loud right now, if not, then, then in your heart. Say together with me, Dear Jesus, I cannot save myself. I need your grace in my life. I believe you died for me on the cross and rose again. Forgive me of my sin and fill me with your love. I give my life to you today and decide to follow you only. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what? Heaven rejoices if you made that decision today to give your heart to the Lord. We rejoice with you and we want to welcome you into the family of God. We want to connect with you. And so right now, you know, there is information on the screen. There's a QR code and a URL. Um, if you scan that QR code, you will be led to a page where there are several banners. Select the one where it says, I've decided or I've accepted 
Jesus. When you click on that, there is a form that just allows us to have some of your details so that we can reach out to you. We truly want to meet the newest member of our family and we want to celebrate with you, pray for you and, and just give you something that will help you in your next steps in developing intimacy with God. And so please do that and allow us to connect with you. That is, uh, you know, the end of this message today. Um, you know, truly, uh, I wish upon you a pray blessing upon your life, protection and safety, all God's goodness and His grace to be poured out on you. Thanks for listening. This is the Skyline SIB podcast and stay tuned for the next episode. Visit our website at www.skylinesib.com and say hello. Drop us a prayer request or leave us a question. Want to know what's up and coming with our church? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. It's Skyline SIB. Let's connect. God bless and have a great week.